Morning Brew Daily Show. I am Neil Fryman. And I'm Toby Howell. Toby, you are positively glowing today. What, what could possibly have happened? It's that viral glow that you only get if your tweets on Twitter go really viral. Yesterday, after Twitter kind of broke, actually, Twitter really broke, API access was kind of uh, rejected for a lot of the core parts of Twitter. And I kind of broke down what was going on, the situation, which was basically me saying, like, links are broken, photos are broken, everything's broken. And that became kind of the de facto news break that Twitter was was broken. And so the tweet just kept going viral and viral and viral. So how often were you refreshing your notifications? Honestly, it Twitter kind of breaks at that stage of virality where your notifications are useless anymore. Okay. <laughs> I know. You wouldn't so understand. So you couldn't completely absorb your fame right. because Twitter was broken. Exactly. It was only today when I woke up that I really saw the extent of it. All right. Well, I never go viral <laughs> viral on Twitter. It's fine because I co-host a podcast. Speaking of the podcast, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is a really interesting show. Uh, We're going to talk about the rise in e-bike related fires, particularly in New York City. Toblerone is rebranding to be less Swiss. I can't, can't wait, wait to talk about one. that. Yeah. And then the concept of body doubling at work, which I know you have a lot of thoughts about and I had never heard of. So it should be interesting. Yep. Uh, first, let's get into uh, Walgreens and the abortion pill. A lot of drama going on over there. Walgreens is now public enemy number one in California. Yesterday, California Governor Gavin Newsom said that the state is done doing business with Walgreens over its decision to not offer an abortion pill in 20 different states. Last week, uh, Walgreens said it would not mail the pill to 20 states after Republican officials threatened legal action against it and other retail chains such as CVS, Walmart, and Costco, and Kroger. And notably, actually, some of those states' abortion is legal in the states that said it would not send the abortion pill to. Yeah. So this is definitely a a tussle between California and and Walgreens. And a few of the things we were kind of talking about as we were reading through this story is how much retail change have become like kind of the the forefront the the battleground if you will for like the abortion pill debate especially Walgreens is now on on the front lines of it yeah I mean there's all these calls to boycott Walgreens on social media and then from the left and then on the other side they're also putting pressure on on Walgreens they had this annual meeting which normally is extremely boring they just talk about CEO executive right. pay and no one pays much attention to it but this year in January because of Walgreens's you know, role in supplying abortion medication, there was huge protests. Uh, Anti-abortion protesters came, descended on California, and protested Walgreens' decision to, you know, eventually supply uh, abortion medication. Yeah, just rocking a hard place right now for Walgreens. And you can tell why it's such a hot-button issue. More than half of all abortions performed in the U.S. actually use the mifepristone pill that is at the center of this debate. And so even in states where surgical abortion is illegal or restricted, um, you can actually still use mifepristone to to uh, have an abortion. Yeah. And so this is, again, why it's just such a hot button issue. And like Walgreens is trying to navigate this fine line and not doing they're kind of going to piss off one side or the other, no matter what they do. Yeah. Democrats are saying that they're sort of bowing to legal threats that are sort of unsubstantiated from the Republicans. And it's interesting. There's this law that the Republicans are citing that says that Walgreens and other 
retail chains would violate if they supplied abortion pills. It's called the Comstock Act, and it's from 1873. Jeez. Okay. Makes it illegal to send contraceptives, substances that induce abortion, pornographic content, sex toys, and any written material around those items. 18... Yes. So, I don't know what sex toys were in 1873. But um, the reason that retail chains have become on the forefront is because now they can, under new FDA guidelines, they can potentially sell abortion medication. Previously, you could only get this in a healthcare setting. And slowly but surely, the FDA has loosened up guidelines. And now, retail chains like Walmart, Kroger, uh, Walgreens, Rite Aid can sell these. Notably, Walgreens does not sell this yet. Right. They're applying for FDA certification, said they're in the process of doing so. But yeah, we should make it clear that they are not currently distributing it. And it's interesting because they said they've moved forward, but a bunch of the other chains like Walmart have not sort of moved in the direction of supplying um, abortion medication. Yeah, definitely a situation to monitor kind of going forward. Um, but I'm going to take us on to our next topic, uh, which is e-bikes and uh, some electrical fires that have been happening from lithium-ion batteries. So if you've ever walked around in New York City, you actually know that cars aren't the thing you have to walk out for. It's those <laughs> e-bikes that come whizzing around the corner. I know I've stepped off the curb and almost been flattened by an e-bike. Dude, uh, when I was biking to you this weekend uh, over the Williamsburg Bridge, yeah. I was on a pedal assist bike, city bike. I got lapped by at least 15 e-bikes and I was just like those look incredible. Yeah, the reason why we're talking about kind of the rise in e-bikes is because it's also correlated to a rise in e-bike battery fires. So I'm going to give you some stats here, Neil. Lithium-ion batteries caused the fourth most fire deaths last year in New York City, which is wow. kind of crazy. And the number of lithium-ion fires is rising. So in 2021, there were 104, but that number jumped to 220 last year. So we're seeing a rise in, in e-bikes. And so we're also seeing a rise in fires kind of um, coming from those, those batteries. It's a little bit alarming to hear these stats. It is scary. Like if you look at read these articles about the fires, there was one as recently on Sunday that injured seven people and uh, engulfed basically a grocery store. Yeah, officials say this is a, actually a huge deal, and it's not the really well-made uh, ion batteries that yeah. they're worried about. It, they're worried about the secondhand market, the thing, the ones that have been modified. Right. These things are expensive, so anytime there's an expensive, there's going to be a cheaper alternative. And yeah, that is, it's kind of like the, the fake Gucci handbags of the yeah. electrical bike industry. And they're exposed to really weird conditions. Obviously, they're out in the weather a lot, um, and they can be easily damaged. And experts say that has contributed to the fires. And these fires are not just regular fires. Right. They're chemical fires. Right. So that makes them even more dangerous. They're really hard to put out. They spread really quickly. And it's been really devastating for a lot of the buildings in New York, and it's really killed a lot of people. Right. A chief fire marshal in New York said they fail almost in an explosive way. It's like a blowtorch. But one caveat that I do want to say just before we move on real quick is that these fires are not starting while people are riding right. bikes themselves. Like You're not going to be riding down the road and have someone's right. seat blow up. It is when they're stored improperly or if they've been left on a charger and overheat over time. So yeah, you're not going to see people popping up off their off their bikes as their batteries no explode. yeah uh, but there are lithium like lithium ion batteries are not just in bikes right. they're in EVs uh, they're in smartphones they're in computers and this reminded me of 2016 or 2017 when Samsung had to recall 
22.5 million of their Galaxy Note yeah. 7s. I remember that. Um, I think it was the largest smartphone recall all the time because the batteries were exploding. So this is not just a bike issue, though. It, they are saying bikes are way more prone to fires than anything else because they're exposed to the elements. Now, London, because of the fire risk, London banned all e-scooters in 2021. Yeah. Uh, they left EV bikes. And I hope New York finds a solution that is not banning these because I think they're sort of a lifeline. Right. They, they enable the delivery economy. For sure. They're an amazing way to commute. They're growing. I think, you know, there were more e-bikes sold than electric vehicles sold last year in the U.S. Yeah. So this is an awesome trend. I, I'm a huge fan of micro-mobility. Obviously, the fires are something they need to get under control. Uh, but it feels like they may be able to do that. I really hope New York doesn't go the way of London and ban them. Um, okay. Really, let's head to Europe. <laughs> let's head to Europe for some chocolate drama. Oh, I love chocolate This drama. story blew up yesterday. Um, the chocolate bland Toblerone, which I haven't really eaten in a while. They have that very distinct triangle color, is removing the Matterhorn Mountain and Swiss flag from its packaging because its chocolate now is not Swiss enough to show those images anymore. <laughs> I'll, I'll get in, so I'll explain a little bit. Toblerone. Yeah, what makes something Swiss enough? Okay, well, I guess if it's made in Switzerland. <laughs> but Toblerone is shifting some of the ch Toblerone production, chocolate production, to Slovakia, which means it will be in violation of Swiss rules around what can be marketed as a Swiss product. Interesting. Yeah, this, there's something called the Swissness Act of 2017 that aims to protect Swiss manufacturing and the marketing around Swiss-made goods. So here's some rules around food products. At least four-fifths of the raw materials that go into the product have to come from Switzerland. And then I assume this is what Toblerone's about to violate. It's that processing that gives the product its essential characteristics must also be carried out in Switzerland. That's very interesting. First of all, this news hits close to home because my nickname at summer camp was Toblerone from, <laughs> oh. from one of my counselors because my name's Toby. And your triangular yeah, stature. And I and I guess I'm delicious to eat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's also, this is interesting because this is not just a trend confined to Switzerland. It, this is a trend that's going on across the food industry. Just recently, the U.S. released new requirements that make it so that meat, poultry, and eggs that say product of the USA on them have to come from animals born or raised or slaughtered in the USA. Yeah. So it is, as you see these labels on packages, they're kind of cracking down. Like, you can't just use it as a marketing stunt or anything like you that. you got to protect your brand. Right. Swiss chocolate has a very elite brand. Right. It makes, I, I'm all... Aboard. This might be a little strict, this. but you know, Apple doesn't let Android people use blue text. <laughs> True, that is the same thing. This is the green text of the food world. Yeah. I do love the Cattlemen's Association when talking about that uh, made in the USA cattle thing. It's it, he goes, if it says made in the USA, then it should be from cattle that have only known USA soil. I love that line. Yeah, uh, and then also <laughs> another example of this just happening was Gruyere, the cheese. Yeah. Uh, actually, a U.S. judge just ruled that it could be made from a region outside of Gruyere. So it is like there is lines being drawn in the sand right now. Like what can be called what? It might be a little too much red tape. Uh, but you know, if I ate something that said it came from somewhere and it didn't actually come right. from somewhere, I don't know. I'd be me annoyed. Not is there a particular food product that if it didn't come out from where the label said it would would like piss yeah. you off? I mean, yeah, Philly. If I got a Philly cheesesteak and it was made in, I don't know. 
know New York, I'd probably be a little, little upset. My, my New England clam chowder. The clams have to oh, have to come from the Connecticut coast. Yeah, that's a great one, right? Or, or Vermont maple, maple syrup. I think that I'm, I'm like a maple syrup uh, hardo, so <laughs> I, it needs to come from Vermont. Yeah. Okay, before we jump to the next story, we're going to take a quick break. All right, Neil, we're back with another edition of Toby's Tuesday Trends. The alliteration keeps growing. Today, we're going to talk about AI, but it's not the boring text-based AI we've been talking about kind of over the, the show for the past week. This is an AI voice trend. So basically, what people have been doing is recre recreating the voices of famous figures, people like Joe Biden, Donald Trump, et cetera, using AI to put them in conversation with each other. This has been a hilarious trend going around on TikTok. Uh, and so essentially, it gives you the godlike power to make these people say whatever you want them to say. And as an example, we have a quick clip of Ben Shapiro and Joe Rogan arguing about ratatouille that we're going to play for you. I just think I would love to get ratatouille. Ratatouille? Like have a little guy up there. Excuse me? You know, making me cook delicious meals. No, I understand. I've seen the film. You wouldn't want that? I... A little guy pulling your hair, making you cook? It's a ridiculous concept. You're telling me you wouldn't want that? I just don't know why you're bringing it up as if it's something that could actually happen. <laughs> I can see you giggling over there. Well, I've never heard of the term ratatouille as a verb. I That's know. my favorite. It is very, very funny. We gotta use that. And I know you have some things to say, but I actually have one more clip that I want to play for you. This one is of President Joe Biden talking about the Matt Damon movie, We Bought a Zoo. Good evening, my fellow Americans. I've made a huge mistake. Are you familiar with the 2011 film, We Bought a Zoo? The Matt Damon picture. ScarJo is in it as well, although her performance isn't anything to shake a stick at, if I'm being honest. It was directed by Cameron Crowe, the fellow who made Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. Anyway, so I was watching We Bought a Zoo a few days ago because it came up. <laughs> Just so good. I've never seen We Bought a Zoo. I know. Either so I, don't, I can't tell whether his ScarJo take is correct. Yeah, very, very funny. Just want to give a quick shout out to the Twitter user who made those videos, Zach Silberberg. So thank you for that, Zach. But Neil, what do you think about this trend? It's a little scary, right? Well, I guess my question, I, was, I haven't heard of it, so I was going to ask you questions to sort of probe. Uh, but yeah, it... it like when these sort of AI deepfakes have come out in the past, there's been an immediate backlash saying that, you know, these are super dangerous. They could be impersonations that lead to severely bad outcomes. But most of the time, people just seem to be laughing at this. Is that what I'm gathering? Or is there, what if you just have Biden saying, like, we're going to nuke China right I now? Know. I think it is a little bit of a like dark humor that yeah. people are laughing at these, because you're totally right. These are extremely benign examples. Sure. Obviously, it's the internet is using their powers for good right now. But you can already see some of the dangers of that. That. One one example is there is a Joe Rogan uh, ad that's been going around TikTok of him endorsing a product that is not actually Joe Rogan. It's both a deep fake video and a deep fake voice. So imagine you now have Joe Rogan promoting this like B grade Amazon supplement on TikTok, and eventually TikTok did take the channel down and and ban the user. But it just it's just kind of the tip of the iceberg of now. Imagine if you you could have celebrity endorsement of products that that celebrity doesn't know they're endorsing. Or they say something yeah. you know, offensive or something. Right. And no. I don't know. It seems a little freaky. And it seems like th with ChatGPT, they were talking about adding a watermark to ChatGPT answers that show that it was right. AI generated. Sounds like you're going to need to do this 
as well. But I, we're just losing the the world of AI and AI generated stuff and reality are are colliding. Yeah, at, like at a very very fast clip. And I don't think we're gonna be able to tell what is real and what is not anymore. And I know that sounds very boomer. No, I but like it's totally very right. clear no. that we're still in the very yeah. you know infant stages of this. And already people are getting fooled. And this technology only is gonna get better. Right. It already sounds like Biden and Rogan and Shapiro. So. Today, uh, before we move on from Toby's friends, our colleague Dan Toomey walked into the studio and said, I'm going to make a video of you guys using our voices because you can the software works by just uploading some audio clips and uh -huh. then it can extrapolate from there so he's like i'm just gonna record a full odd uh episode of morning brew daily of you guys so. at first i was at first i thought great less work for me <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then i thought wait what the hell am i gonna say about you know if they if he did it about the abortion story at the top like what the hell would an ai generated voice yeah. of me say and be accountable for it's definitely scary for sure Wow. All right. Deep breath, cold shower after that one. Okay, Toby, uh, there were two Fortune articles that were <laughs> dominating conversation yesterday on the internet, and I'm going to present them to you. They're very out there, and I sort of want to get your take on which is more implausible to okay. you. Okay, so first, <laughs> this is a headline. And I quote, NYC supercommuters travel up to five hours round trip to the office. They say it's worth it. <laughs> so you can imagine why people uh, reacted, you know, strongly. reacted strongly and they were like, who wrote this? You know, the automobile company or NJ Transit or whatever. And it profiles a woman who travels two and a half hours each day, each way from the Jersey Shore to Manhattan. And they say they enjoy it because it allows them to live a more affordable life down by the lovely Jersey Shore and still get the hustle bustle of Manhattan. And then here's the other story. And it says, remote workers are adopting a new practice called body doubling in which they watch strangers, strangers work online, which is, uh, you know, pretty literal. They're live streaming each other. The people go live stream on TikTok and Zoom and kind of just be with each other in virtual space. Right. So, so which is more implausible to you? Okay. I'm going to start on the body doubling one first because I'm actually all aboard this trend. Hmm. I'm someone who does work a lot better next to someone. They they said that people with some like ADHD sometimes find it easier to stay uh, work alongside someone. I don't know if I have ADHD. I just love having the the accountability of the person next to me. Yeah. So I totally get why people, especially remote workers, are logging on to kind of have that shared productivity boost. So that one makes sense to me. The f the super commuters makes literally no sense to me. It That is the definition of coping with saying like, no, I actually love riding a train for two and a half hours every day. We rode a train yesterday for, you know, 20 for, minutes to New Jersey. I was and already we were, And you were, your vein was like yeah. popping out with you and Dan Bowza, uh, who works on the show, comes in from the Long Island Railroad every morning. And let's just say he's, he's not the happiest camper. I know. <laughs> it's he's really, not. To, to me, the issue is sure on a perfect day, it's not horrible yeah, to right. take your train ride. But if one thing goes amiss, your entire day is ruined. So and you're and you're running that risk every single day. Like one stoppage would just totally send your day out of whack. So yeah, I'm on board with the body doubling working remotely. Alongside Have you actually someone. done that? I did it early in the pandemic, actually. One, a friend and I jumped on Zoom and just like sat in silence, mm -hmm. basically. And every once in a while, you can check in and chat. What if you pick your nose or something? 
that's just I don't like real know life. What I, I don't know like what I do life. remote like when I'm working at home yeah. by myself. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I want. Maybe a just don't pick me. your nose, Neil. Um, okay. Let's go on to our final story. Super fun. Um, I don't know the last time you thought about municipal services <laughs> like snow plows, garbage trucks, sewer systems, but cities want you to start recognizing the work that they do. And it is important work. So they are holding online naming contests to raise awareness, and people have replied to these contests with just the funniest names. So Madison, Wisconsin just wrapped up its snow plow naming contest, and we have new snow plows dubbed Saltimus Prime, <laughs> Snowby Kenobi, Seymour Pavement, and Dolly Plowton. <laughs> I, what do you think of this trend? I love this trend. It's so wholesome on so many levels. It's, one, it's wholesome because, yes, it is nice to give municipal workers the intention that they deserve for doing the work that they do. And then, two, it's so funny that this is, if you ask people on the internet to do anything, of course, it's going to devolve into something funny or something uh, kind of poking fun at it. So I love this wholesome trend. I also remember when Bodie McBoatface was a thing. That yeah. was when the, I think it was like the English Science uh, Agency wanted to n name a research ship, and they had some distinguished names like the, the SSS Intrepid, and instead the, the internet said, no, we want to call it the Bodie McBoatface, <laughs> yeah. which is just classic. And it was kind of lame because they didn't even take Bodie McBoatface. But still, that is, that is just pure internet at its finest. So uh, I have to ask you, if you could, so why stop at snowplows, right? Why, why stop at sewer grates? Like, like what, we should name other stuff. This is so fun. It brings a little levity to, you know, the world. <laughs> right. Uh, what, you know, if we could name anything, what else should we hold naming contests for? I was thinking about this. Obviously, we're recording this in New York City. So I think that the subway trains are probably oh. a little boring. Like, why call it the L? And I don't know, maybe you call it like the Kurt Code train or something like that, or the trainer sign. So you take the Kurt Code train over the trainer sign, and then before taking the trainy McTrain face uptown, I think it could work. I'm on board with that. You put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> that was just off the top of my head. Off I actually didn't dome. come up with off any of that. Dome. Yeah. Um, great. Uh, so we'll keep monitoring that. I assume that every town going forward is going to have snowplow names. Naming their stuff. Yeah. Um, Very fun. Cool. That's all the show we got for you today. Uh, let's have a great rest of the day. Just want to give an awesome shout out to our amazing crew in the back. Uh, the show's producer and editor is Emily Milliron. Show's technical director is Justin Orlando. Supervising producer is Bryce Belloff. Our audio engineer is Kelsey Jones. Hair and makeup got stuck on their super commute. Devin Emery is our chief content officer. Remember, we want to hear from you, so make sure you email us at morningbrewdaily at morningbrew.com. We are constantly in the inbox, and our show is a production of Morning Brew. Great show today, Neil. Let's run it back tomorrow.